1: Gladys attended church services one particular Sunday. The sermon seemed to go on forever, and many in the congregation got groggy. After the service, to be social, she walked up to a very sleepy-looking gentleman and in an attempt to revive him from his stupor. She extended her hand in greeting and said, Hello, I'm Gladys Dunn. And the gentleman replied, You're not the only one. Many who attend church on a Sunday morning after the preacher has gone on for a long time are glad it's done. But the preaching of the Word is essential to the ministry of the local church. As we faithfully and consistently preach the Word, we allow Christ to lead, guide, teach, strengthen, and grow His church spiritually. And the Holy Spirit works in tandem with the proclamation of the Word that He has authored, to produce His spiritual fruit in our lives, and to transform us by His grace. 2 Timothy 4, 1-2 read, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word. As Paul was facing his imminent execution and death, and as he came to the latter part of his last letter, he turned very serious with Timothy and he gave him a solemn charge and some important directives. Paul charged Timothy to do them in the sight of and before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, and in light of the judgment to come as well. Breaking down this verse, the words, Who shall judge? is referring to the judgment seat of Christ, when all members of the body of Christ will give account of the journey of their Christian lives and of their service to the Saviour. The words, the quick and the dead, refer to all members of the body of Christ at the time of the rapture. The word quick are those who are alive and remain when Christ returns. The dead are those who have died in Christ and are with the Lord in heaven. In other words, Christ will judge the entire body of Christ, both the living and the dead, at the time of His appearing and His kingdom. The words His appearing is in reference to His appearing at the rapture of the church, the body of Christ. And His kingdom is speaking of Christ's heavenly kingdom, as Paul stated in verse 18 when he wrote, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto His heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. If Paul had only written, I charge you, we would have paid attention. If he had written, I charge you before God, that would have been a strong admonition. Had he written, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, it would have been a forceful exhortation. But he wrote, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead. And that puts it off the charts as far as this charge goes. And the full weight of this solemn charge of verse 1 bears on the first command of verse 2, which is, preach the word. It is impossible to exaggerate the significance here given to the preaching of the word by that solemn charge in verse 1. We are being taught that the preaching of the word must always remain as the centerpiece of any ministry. This challenge to preach the Word is also right after Paul told Timothy about all Scripture being given by inspiration of God. It is all God breathed. The Scriptures originated with Him, and it is God's authoritative Word. And Timothy is being taught here to not hold back in his proclamation of God's truth, to not be ashamed of God's Word. He was to preach the word because his words would then be resting upon the most solid of foundations, since all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. In light of that day, when we will each and all give account of our service before the Lord, Paul charged Timothy and us, the church, that the preaching of the word must be the principal focus of his ministry and of the work of the local church. The preaching of the word was not just to be a part of that ministry. It was to be the primary emphasis of it. We are to keep the main thing the main thing. And the preaching of the word is the main thing for the local church. God lists things by order of importance in his word. And listed first here. As well as it being a charge before God, the Spirit is driving home to us that the preaching of His Word is the top priority in the church. The word for preach means to proclaim as a herald. In Paul's time, rulers had heralds who made announcements in public to the people. The herald was a messenger with a proclamation to be heard and to be heeded. The king's message was paramount. The herald did not choose his message. It was given to him by his sovereign. He only could conveyed exactly what his sovereign gave him to say. And so it was for Timothy and for all who preach and teach the word. We are to herald the word of God. We are not charged just to preach, but to preach the word, his word. Our Sovereign, the Lord God Almighty, has given us what we are to proclaim, and it is His Word, and we are to herald it clearly and plainly. And God's message is paramount for all to hear and to heed. As a pastor, Timothy was not required to merely know the Word. He was charged to preach the Word and to make it known to others, the Word of God was to be the content of Timothy's preaching and his messages. Like Peter wrote, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. And when it says to preach the Word, this takes in the entirety of the Word. Paul told the Ephesian elders in Acts twenty twenty seven, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. And as we follow Paul, as he followed Christ, that teaches us that preaching in the local church should also entail declaring the whole counsel of the word of God. But we do so in light of what Paul taught Timothy a couple chapters earlier in 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The whole word of God is to be preached, but as we do so, we must rightly divide it. And that means that we are to interpret it and declare it in light of the message revealed to Paul for this current dispensation of grace, making clear distinctions between God's instruction for Israel and his instruction for us, the body of Christ, so that we don't Claim promises or try to live by instruction meant for another time and another people. It's important to note that not everyone who opens a Bible, stands behind a pulpit, and starts talking is preaching the Word. Many preachers are actually preaching themselves instead of the Word. As Paul stated in 2 Corinthians 4-5, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And that verse shows that it is possible to preach oneself rather than Christ. Now, I'm not talking about the occasional life story used to illustrate a point from Scripture. But if you find that the focus is continually on the touching and manifold life experiences of the preacher, he may be preaching himself. But Timothy was charged not to preach himself, but to preach the Word. And Timothy was also not to preach ethics and politics and philosophy, sociology, or economics. He was not to use the word as a launching pad for his own ideas and hobby horses. He was not to preach theory. He was to preach truth, the truth as it has been revealed in the word of God. The most effective way to oppose and expose error is to preach the truth. And the best way to dispel darkness is to turn on the light. And there is much error and much darkness in this world. And the Word is the truth and the light that needs to be proclaimed to drive the darkness out and to rescue lost sinners from the power of darkness. Because the Word of God is what both sinners and saints need. And the Spirit works through His Word. By it, the Spirit convicts sinners of their need of the Savior. And by the power of the living Word, the church grows to maturity in Christ. As Colossians 1.28 instructs us, Whom, that is Christ, we preach, Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect or mature in Christ Jesus. Matthew Simpson said this about the spiritual battle that takes place with the preaching of the Word. He stands behind the pulpit. He stands in Christ's stead. His message is the Word of God. Around Him are immortal souls. The Savior unseen is beside Him. The Holy Spirit broods over the congregation. Angels gaze upon the scene, and heaven and hell await the issue. What associations, and what vast responsibility. Opening the Word and preaching it to God's people and the unsaved carries a great weight of responsibility, but we are charged by God to do it. Much does go on behind the scenes in the spiritual realm that we cannot see. There are eternal ramifications that go along with making the truth of God known. And preaching it is to be done with the realization, as Richard Baxter put it, I preached as never sure to preach again, and as a dying man to dying men. God works through the preaching of His Word, and it is a privilege for the preacher to declare God's infinite and perfect wisdom as revealed and found in His Word. A preacher was rushed to the hospital, and an inexperienced nurse was assigned to him. She put a barometer in his mouth instead of a thermometer, and it read, Dry and Windy. Sometimes preachers can be dry and windy, and I know I've been guilty of that too. But the preacher of the word is to have a passion for the word, like the prophet Jeremiah, when he wrote, his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. In that passage we read how Jeremiah wanted to give up. He didn't want to make mention of the Lord anymore or speak anymore in his name because of the opposition and the persecution that it brought to him by making the Word of God known. But Jeremiah could not keep himself from making God's Word known because that Word lived in his heart and it passionately, passionately burned in his heart like a fire. And as hard as Jeremiah tried to hold it in, the Word pressed on his spirit, and he became weary with fighting to hold it in, and Jeremiah found that he could not stay. He could not not preach God's Word. And in our times, like Jeremiah, there is opposition to the Word of God. But we need to faithfully and passionately make God's Word known, because people need its truth and its life-giving message so desperately. And we are to preach the word, as Martin Luther once said, I preach as though Christ was crucified yesterday, rose from the dead today, and is coming back tomorrow.
0: We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to bereanbiblesociety.org.
2: More Rightly Divided Answers to Frequently Asked Questions is a 296-page paperback book written by Pastor Ricky Kurth. The author's first FAQ book, Rightly Divided Answers to Frequently Asked Questions, was so well received that we felt constrained to publish a sequel In this present volume, we pick up the sword of God's rightly divided word again and bring it to bear on some questions that all Christians ask. Questions and answers in this book cover the following topics. Sin and suffering, salvation, eternal security, the grace message, and the Christian life. To order your copy, contact Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at bereanbiblesociety.org.
0: To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.boreanbiblesociety.org Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin.
1: Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2:2 says, "Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering in doctrine." Next, Paul instructed Timothy as to when he should be ready to preach the word. And he was to be ready always. The preacher is to hold himself in a constant state of readiness to preach the Word. He is to be instant in season, out of season with the Word. We see urgency by Paul here, by the absence of the connective Word and in the statement. Paul wrote rapidly, in season, out of season, because the need and responsibility of preaching the Word is always urgent. There is no closed season for preaching The message and truth of God's Word is always needed and is always in season at all times. People always need the Word. And in in season, out of season, we see that it means we are to preach the Scriptures even when society and the culture pushes back against it and it is not considered acceptable and we are labeled as someone who is extreme, narrow-minded, and old-fashioned by doing so. Been said well that the dictates of popular culture, tradition, reputation, acceptance, or esteem in the community or in the church must never alter the true preacher's commitment to proclaim God's Word. And as Timothy faithfully preached the Word, he was to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. In his preaching, Timothy was to bring the Word of God to bear on the lives of people. He was to preach the Word of God and let God do His work through His Word. 2 Timothy 3.16 states that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Timothy was to preach the Word in order that the Holy Spirit might reprove or convict and convince those in error by the truth of the Scriptures. Timothy was to preach the word in order that the Holy Spirit might rebuke, rebuke those in sin, that is, so that they would be admonished and corrected by the righteousness of God's word, that they might change their behavior and conduct to do what is good and right in the sight of God. And Timothy was to preach the word in order that the Holy Spirit might exhort or encourage people to live in harmony, With God's will and to trust the Lord in every way. As we exhort by the preaching of the word, we reach for and we appeal to the heart, and that others might live for Christ, and we pour courage and pour strength into people as we preach the word. And Timothy was to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with long suffering. Timothy was to be patient as he preached the word. As he would not always see immediate results. There is no fast track to spiritual maturity in Christ likeness. True spiritual growth occurs over time, through consistent learning and application of God's word. And as Timothy reproved, rebuked, and exhorted, he was to do so with doctrine or with careful teaching. He was not to reprove and rebuke and exhort with his own personal thoughts or feelings, but on the ground of truth and sound doctrine from God's word. 2 Timothy 4, 3-4 read, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables." In verses 3 and 4, Paul explained the reason for his solemn charge and why it is so vital to preach the word, because the time was coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. Paul told Timothy that there will be a general turning away from wholesome sound doctrine, which primarily speaks to the doctrine for the body of Christ as revealed to Paul. The day was coming when the church would have a positive distaste for the teaching of the Word, and they would not endure it. And they will willfully turn away from those who preach the truth of the Word. And instead, after their own lusts and fleshly desires, they will seek out and heap up and accumulate many teachers that deal gently with their sin, teachers that tell them what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear, their ears will itch for doctrines and teachings that are pleasing and comfortable. Speaking of the children of Israel, Isaiah 30 verses 9 and 10 states, this is a rebellious people, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. And this is what would take place, Paul says, in the church, as people would have itching ears seeking teachers who would not put them face to face with the truth and wisdom of God's word, but would preach smooth things, things that please their ears. Itching ears are also ears that are eager to hear every new idea, new theory, and every wild idea, no matter how far-fetched it might be having itching ears and finding teachers that teach these kind of wild ideas, they then knowingly, deliberately turn away from the truth and are turned to fables or myths and legends. They will willfully choose to believe myths rather than the truth. And once people leave the Word of God, they often then embrace fantastic fables and fictional teachings. When a man rejects God's truth. It isn't that he believes in nothing, it's that he will believe in anything. And we see that in our world today. And all of this sounds like the times in which we are currently living. But then that is a reminder to the church that in our world of itching ears, we need to preach the word. And among those who will not endure sound doctrine, we're going to preach the word. And in a time when many turn away their ears from the truth, preach the word. 2 Timothy 4.5 says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For Timothy, in view of those who would turn from the truth, Paul told him, but watch thou. But is a word of contrast against those mentioned in the previous sentence. Though others will not endure sound doctrine, though others would be turned aside to fables, Paul wrote, but as for you, Timothy, you be even more dedicated to all that God wants you to do. Watch means stay awake, stay alert. Paul wanted Timothy to be aware and observant of what was going on around him in the spiritual battle. Paul didn't want Timothy to be blindsided or caught off guard and end up discouraged by the direction of the world in the church. Paul wanted him to be prepared in his ministry. He wanted him to know the truth of things and to know what was coming. And when afflictions came as a result of being faithful to preach the word and to preaching the truth, Paul wanted him to endure afflictions. Paul challenged Timothy often in this letter about enduring afflictions and hardness. Afflictions often come when you tell people the truth of the Word of God, and you can even become their enemy. As Paul wrote the Galatians, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Paul wanted Timothy to endure these afflictions that come from sharing the gospel and preaching the truth of the Word. After taking a stand and being alert and watchful to the course of the world and the church and enduring afflictions in the spiritual battle, Paul exhorted Timothy then to move forward, do the work of an evangelist, reach lost souls for Christ. In Timothy's ministry and in our soul winning must be the heartbeat of the local church. Timothy was to grow an army for the truth. He had talked about that in 2 Timothy 2.2, where he challenged Timothy to do this by teaching faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And here Timothy is challenged to grow the church by sharing the gospel of the grace of God. By the instruction to do the work of an evangelist, we learn that evangelism takes work, time, effort, and labor on our part. There are those in the church gifted as evangelists, but even not having the gift of evangelism, we are taught here that all members of Christ's body are to be doing the work of an evangelist and reaching out to the unbelieving out of a deep concern for souls and their eternal destiny if they do not trust Christ as their Savior. Charles Spurgeon once said this, "...if sinners be condemned... At least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our efforts. And let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. Finally, Paul wrote Timothy, Make full proof of thy ministry, which means to fulfill your ministry. By that command, Paul was challenging Timothy here to not give a half hearted effort, but to give his whole soul, all his heart, his strength, and talents to the Lord, and to be faithful and to see it through and fulfill the ministry which Christ had called him to and to finish it. In doing so, he would be like the Apostle Paul, who wrote in the next couple verses how he had finished. And saw his ministry through to the end of his life, writing, "I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith." And by Timothy fulfilling his ministry, he would be like the Savior, who in John seventeen four, prayed to the Father, "I have glorified Thee on the earth, I have finished the work which Thou gavest me to do." And that is a challenge for each of us in our individual lives and ministry to be faithful to the end of our life or to the sound of the trump and to finish the work that God has given each of us to do for the honor and glory of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.